Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Trumbull letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Stephen Taylor. How are you two doing? Doing all right. How's everybody doing? Yeah, pretty good. Doing good. Doing good. Yeah. Uh, we got weather... a little bit. Oh, I was just going to talk about the weather. I was going to say we got yeah. a little bit of snow yesterday, and now it's all gone. That's how it usually goes. <laughs> it's like, cool. it's like uh, a Tinder match, one and done. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah, the weather just leaves little to be desired. I don't really want to go out and do much. Do some cleaning, podcasts, watch some movies. Lazy day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it doesn't help that the movies we're talking about this week, I don't know. One of these is better than the others, and the other one, I just... Uh, it, was a, it was a chore to watch it, but... Uh, <laughs> Anna and the Apocalypse This was not the short... <laughs> I mean, I always feel bad watching this movie because I, you know, if you know, like, the behind-the-scenes on this movie, like, it's, uh... It had a tough guy time getting made, and I think it kind of shows a little bit. There's some times where I think the movie kind of goes a little too long or ideas play out, not maybe in the way they were meant to. It's, um... But overall, it's like an entertaining movie, and it's one of the few that's a horror, zombie, musical hybrid. I mean, I there probably is similar a similar movie out there, but I can't think of any at the moment, so. Um, but yeah. Uh, what is Anna and the Apocalypse even about? Well, a zombie apocalypse threatens the sleepy town of New ha Little Haven Sorry, at Christmas. Forcing Anna and her friends to fight, slash, and sing their way to survival, facing the undead in a desperate race to reach their loved ones. But they soon discover that no one is safe in this world, and with civilization falling apart around them, the only people they can truly rely on are each other. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the end of the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when was the first time we watched this movie? Uh, I feel like VVS sent me a screener for it right around the release, uh, and then they sent me the Blu-ray uh, when it came out uh, on physical disc. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, definitely just the fact that it was a as a musical um, had me like defensive because I'm not a musical guy whatsoever. Um, so yeah, it kind of surprised me. Yeah. Mm, I am like the exact opposite. I this was not my first time watching this movie. I think I watched it. It it came out on Netflix or some streaming service like a year or two ago, I want to say. Um and when I heard it was like a zombie comedy musical, I was like, "Okay, mm I'm going to watch this right now." Uh I am a sucker for musicals. Uh there are definitely some songs in this that are 
better than the others. And uh, for some reason, they gave all the best songs to the villains, which is mm-hmm. pretty typical. But also, like, those get the, some of those were earworm a little bit. Like, I was kind of singing them after the movie. Um, but yeah, so I, I, whenever it came out on streaming is when I first watched it. Okay. I, I would I would also say like even not being a musical, as soon as that song Breakaway like kicks in, it's I'm like I forget that I hate musicals. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. It's really, really three. it's really, really easy to screw up a musical with just like mediocre lackluster music, and this one definitely didn't do that. Yeah. I, I saw somebody call it high school musical meets Footloose meets Shaun of the Dead and that I can't shake that. That's actually like the perfect description of it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, spot on. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I'm similar to you, Stephen. That like I'm pretty sure I got a screener link from BBS for it. And, yeah, I never did get the Blu-ray, but then again, I don't know. I I I haven't been as hot on this movie as some other people, um, but. I still enjoy it somewhat, but yeah, I, I just, I don't know. There's points in this movie where I'm like, it either goes on too long, or I feel like they kind of borrowed things from other movies. Like, the sequence where they're kind of ignorant to the zombie world around them. Like, we saw that in Dawn of the Dead. We saw that in Shaun of the Dead. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it's stuff that's like, it's it's cool, but it's not original. I, I've seen it done before, and I've seen it in some cases are arguably better than um doesn't mean it's necessarily the worst thing in the world but it's like oh sometimes watching this movie i'm like i've seen other movies do this exact same thing um but i wonder how much of that is chalked up to the fact that the original director passed away before the movie could be uh completed so because that director had like a full vision of this movie i think he also worked on this as like a stage play as well so there's certainly parts of it where it's like how much of that was his influence and how much of that was just these people coming in to finish this movie that were just like okay let's just put in something from this other zombie movie to you know complete this project and get it out so i don't kind of one of those things about this movie it's it's very interesting to kind of see where potentially the original vision for this movie was and where other parts came from from the people that ended up completing the movie Mm mm-hmm um we do have a couple email emails uh miles says good movie but i wonder how it turned out if my ryan McHenry got to finish directing i literally just talked about this but yeah uh he got he was in remission when the movie started uh Mm -hmm. reproduction but then i think uh yeah his his cancer came back and unfortunately yeah he was not able to complete uh, the movie but um, obviously if you watch this movie, they dedicate the movie to his memory mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, some of his friends came in and helped complete the movie. So, yeah. uh, and then Aaron says, I don't get why the asshole teacher, they give the asshole teacher the sympathetic backstory only to make him a full on villain. Did they really give him a sympathetic backstory? Yeah. Yeah. I, I disagree with it being fully sympathetic. Yeah. I don't know. I, I did kind of see a little bit where, like, okay, maybe they're trying to, like, soften him up a little bit, but I don't know mm-hmm. if I'd say sympathetic backstory. That's, that seems a little bit of a stretch. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, he was I definitely agree. a little kooky from the beginning. Uh, it, it gave away a little bit of his evilness, I think. Yeah, kind of reminded me of the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just constantly just in the way of people. So that's how a lot of these characters should be. Why why make them sympathetic? They just mm-hmm. you know, they just have a chip on their shoulder and a job where they can you know play off that. Um, now connected to laptop. Thanks, Alexa. We didn't really need your chiming in on this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who that? Who is that? <laughs> Welcome to fourth co-host, Alexa. Oh, what? She sounds robotic. Yeah. She's got very <laughs> stiff opinions on things. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was the best line in this movie? There was some... Oh, some there's, there's a lot of uh, fun lines in this movie. Um, and I, I, I mean, immediately I have to just how much I adore uh, Ella Hunt in this yeah. film, especially that I—I I mean, just the the big sweeping street opening. I mean, of course, very Shaun of the Dead, like in like the aloofness of the chaos around her. Mm-hmm. But there's that's just I don't know. I I, I love that op- I love that song a lot. Um, I think she does a great job of that one. But again, not really, not really exactly a quote. Yeah. Um. I do like the, you're such a child, a sexy child. Wait, no. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, that, I had that one down. I had some songs, too, like both of the evil characters. Well, I guess Nick isn't technically an evil character, but at the time we weren't quite sure, like when I was watching the movie the first time, how things were going to go with him. So I kind of consider him an evil-ish character. But um, his zombie killing song that he does when he comes out with his friends and just starts killing all these zombies was fun. Um, mm-hmm. And then when they first, when they first kind of learn about the apocalypse and they clue into what's happening and they're looking up the celebrities that are zombies and one of them goes, Justin Bieber's a zombie. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> it was, it was pretty good. Yeah. That's for his drummer boy cover. That's, that's the payment. <laughs> yeah. I uh, like when John says like, you smell like a shoe. And then Anna says like, Christmas is fast approaching my least favorite C word. Then John says, you wouldn't be saying that if you were dressed like a festive legend. Then I says, you're right. Dressed like that, you look like a massive C-word. But yeah, a lot of like the the songs in this movie are pretty good, actually. It helps, I think, that yeah, they were probably honed and already developed from the the stage play. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of them just got Mm -hmm. adapted over, I want to say, unless I'm wrong. Yeah, and then you just feel like uh, some of the some of the just actual dialogue gets punched up more. because the original was done in 2011, so yeah, they're probably just punching it up just to be more current, more relevant, and stuff like that. Like the, yeah. um, there's a yeah, like you brought up the Justin Bieber reference. Uh, there's also a Harry Potter reference. I think the the there's a broom reference. Oh yeah, um, he says Firebolt. Uh, yeah, for one of the reindeer names at one point. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, oh no, that's Harry Potter's broom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Best performance in this movie. Uh, Ella. Yeah. Ella's given her all. Um, I mean, Malcolm Cumming is also quite good too. In this yeah, I, I would say, like, especially like the big, like, big, his with his character, like big reveals and stuff like that. He does quite well. Um, but Ella Hunt's carrying this whole film. 
Plus, I think, if you compare the two, I think Malcolm Cummings hasn't done too much afterwards, whereas, like, Ella Hunt still, you know, she's still... I, I don't know if she's been in anything as big as this afterwards, but she's still, mm. she still is pretty active in acting and all that, so... And Dickinson's a pretty good show, so... Yeah, I think Dickinson... I don't know if they're continuing anymore, but um, it's not a bad show. Yeah. If you ever want to see some very intense sex scenes in your Apple TV shows. Um, yeah. Well, and she was also in Lady Chatterley's Lover with Emma Corrin. Mm. And that is a lot of sex scenes. Because it's a D.H. Lawrence uh, adaptation. Okay, yeah. Maybe there's something about Ella Hunt and sex scenes. She's just like... <laughs> just crank it up to 11, please. Um, I, I gotta say, I gotta give honorable mention to the the evil principal too, because he was just so his character was just so campy and fun at certain points, and like you almost kind of wanted to like him, but you couldn't because he was fucking crazy. But like mm-hmm. locking the students in that hallway with the zombies and just going, I can't remember what his quote was now. I should have wrote it down, but he says something like dinner time or something like that, where he's calling the zombies after he whistles. It was just so, it was kind of fun. <laughs> And, and I mean, uh, a lot must be said about how incredible Paul K is and has yeah. been over his entire career, mm-hmm. um, because he is like, in my opinion, he is one of those unsung heroes in a lot of stuff. And I mean, like, roughly around the beginning of my uh, of my my um, DVD collecting and everything, I bought a little movie. By the director of Fubar called It's All Gone Pete Tong. And since that movie, anytime Paul K shows up in something, I'm like, fuck yes, I'm watching this. Yeah. <laughs> I love the dude. I absolutely love the dude. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of those uh people that when you see him in things, you're like, oh, okay. Cause I think he was in Game of Thrones as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Um. All right. Best kill. There's a lot of off-screen kills in this. I find. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of cutaways and stuff like that. Um. I don't. There's nothing in this one that really, um, like blows the doors off of anything. Yeah. As far as kill-wise, there. I mean, especially with like the zombie genre, and we've had so many zombie films that there. A lot of it feels pretty standard. Yeah, I did find this was the area where the movie was pretty lacking. Like, I did think there mm-hmm. would be some better kills. I did like the one at the beginning where they, like, lure the zombie in the snowman outfit and then just, like, pop his head off. That was, mm-hmm. that was okay. <laughs> it wasn't even, like, the best kill of any horror movie. Like, if you're comparing it to countless others, I'm like, okay, yeah, there's much better, but... In this movie, at least, I felt like that was the one that I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, pretty but, much. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of times where they just open a closet and somebody's dead or whatever, and I'm like, you could have shown that. Yeah, I, I put down for one of them, even though they were, the kills themselves weren't that great, um, Lisa and Chris, the two like love puppy couple teenagers in the movie... Um, when they got bit together and then they die watching the, his like film project, it was kind of dumb. But also, I was like, "Aw." Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, Demo's decision. Mm. I don't know. Hard to say. I mean, I wrote yeah. down the John, the the best friend who's in love with Anna, when he sings his when he does his whole thing where he like puts his arm out and then gets it bitten by the zombie. I was like, mm, no. probably could have avoided that death there, John. But I didn't. I I didn't really have anything else in particular for Demo's decision that I immediately jumped out at me. No. Because, I mean, everything that happens kind of happens before this movie in terms of, like, setting up the plot. So, you can't be like, oh, well, somebody dropped that vial of blood and got this whole thing started. Like, yeah, there's some kind of motive. There's some kind of starting incident for this movie, but it doesn't actually happen in this movie. Like, it happens outside the plot. So, yeah. There is a lot of people turning off the radio or the TV when there's important news bulletins happening about the zombie apocalypse. Maybe that could be considered a dumb decision. Yeah. And, like, you could say, too, like, when they go to, like, the the, the office near the end of the movie and then, like, Chris and Lisa get bit and try to escape. It's like, why, why, why did you, why did you go out like that? Like, why did you, <laughs> but then it's like, well, you wouldn't have a plot if they were just a stay in one place and take it easy so yeah um okay i think it's time to score this movie let's everyone thank it for a score i'm gonna stick with my original um my original score that i gave this on letterbox which uh judging you know adjusting for our 10 point of inflation would be about seven out of ten um the the fact that it is a musical does still dull it's uh, luster to me, um, but it looks, it's colorful. It is a lot of fun. Um, the The cast is game and doing doing a great job of this one. Uh, the comedy works. And um, as far as like a Christmas film, like what it's supposedly celebrating, um, I think it does a good job of that as well. Yeah. So um, it's definitely likable. Um, and I would almost call it a crowd pleaser as well. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. At uh, I was going to give it a 7.5 just because I am quite partial to musicals and the campiness of it um, really does something for me. Um, but there were still some parts that I was like, it's a little, it's kind of a little dumb. It's It, it might be like for a, a, like maybe more of a hi- actual high school audience too, just depending, like some of the ways they handle the dialogue and the characters. Mm. Um but in general, I had fun with it, and uh, there were definitely some songs that got into my brain a little bit when the movie was over. So I gotta give it—I gotta give it a little credit for that. Yeah, I'm going to the seven as well. I, I do think uh, it's yeah, it borrows a lot from other movies in the genre, and not in a way where I felt like it really invented on that or did too much with it. Uh, and yeah, there were some slow points. Like I honestly could. I think they could have probably trimmed like 10-15 minutes from this movie and it would have been fine. But um, yeah, like there's still some cool character stuff and I mean, yeah. I was thinking of a 6, but honestly I think a 6 is a little too low. It is relatively well made for what it is. I just, I don't know, I think it lacks a certain oomph to it. Like if the kills were there or if... um, you know, there were some more inventive scenes in cinematography, sure. Just, I don't know, it just lacks a certain oomph for me to, like, make it really interesting. Mm-hmm. 
but I still give it a seven. I still think it's it's worth watching, but maybe it's not your first choice for a Christmas uh, horror movie. All right. Uh, Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I am on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Threads, and Letterboxd under the, the Steeple Dead. Um, my website, stevestebbing.ca. I'm also a co-host on the podcast After the Credits with uh, Marina, Bill, and Melissa. Um, the, the Shift Canada was sadly canceled um, a couple wow. of weeks ago. Um, we've now pivoted to being... Uh, that I'm joining Shane Hewitt every week for like a video uh, podcast version of what the hell you should watch. So there is an episode of that up right now. If you go to the Shift Heads Facebook group, or I think shiftheads.ca would also have that as well. But you can find it on YouTube if you just look up Shane Hewitt or, you know, search my name as well. I'm sure it'll come up. Uh, so learn. I'm just figuring out how to pivot in, in 2024 of how to do all that kind of coverage because... I may have lost my biggest outlet, but I am not dead and I'm not stopping. So good luck with that. Anyway, yeah, yeah. that's me. <laughs> cool. Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, mainly on Instagram under the username Techronomicon. I post every time a podcast episode goes up. And if I'm doing anything else, I'll post about it on my blog, which is circeanic.home.blog. Uh, yeah, I'm over at threeingreennerds.com where I've got content going up and, uh, yeah, taking a break for the holidays though. Need that. But, uh, I also write for that hashtag show, uh, mostly do box office recaps, but do some other stuff as well. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm on Twitter. I refuse to call it X. Fuck you, Elon Musk. Yep, um, fuck you, Elon Musk. Go fuck yourself, Elon Musk. Yeah, I'm not calling it X. Fuck you. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm on Twitter, Film Critic Kurt. I'm on Letterboxd, Fail Koala. So go check me out there. Uh, I mostly was have been doing like a catch-up on 2023, just trying to watch some movies that either A, I wasn't in the best mood when I was watching them, and I felt like I didn't give them the best uh, attention, or movies I just missed entirely. Like, I didn't get a chance to see Priscilla before I watched it for for my recap or Bottoms. So, just kind of catching up on a few movies that I didn't see. But, uh, Wait, you watched Priscilla's Bottoms? I did watch Priscilla's Bottoms, yeah. That was the prequel. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, it's, right. a it's a pseudo-sequel <laughs> to Priscilla. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. And uh, go watch The Holdovers, because that is a, a Christmas movie that is not a horror movie, but is probably like a new christmas classic i mean alexander payne doing a hal ashby movie complete with cat stevens music yeah i mean come on there's yeah. just so much so much to love about that i also want to add on uh anybody out there that has a podcast and they want a, a guy that uh, won't stop talking about music uh movies um i'm or music or wrestling or anything like that i'm whoring myself out i'll do any podcast at this point so. <laughs> just anything yeah, why not? Let's do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. except for like, I don't, I don't know how well I'd fare on like, like a right wing podcast and like we're gonna break down Sound of Freedom. I'm like, okay, now we got some problems. Let's do our fifteenth <laughs> review of Gina Carano's new movie. Oh my god! Yeah, we just we all we do is review Daily Wire movies. <laughs> yeah, okay, but you you 
would be, that wouldn't really be your stick. I, I, I don't think. No. I would, you know, you know. No. I don't think it would be any of our stick, to be honest. I would what, do it. What? Yeah. I would do it just to like fool them into thinking I was getting along, and then one day I would just fucking like erupt and just say like. Do you know what we need? We need more abortion scenes in this movie, and then just watch them fucking lose their shit. They'd be like screaming, yelling. <laughs> Great and entertainment. Melted down. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Taylor, you're gonna say something. Oh, I was just gonna say it's definitely not up any of our alley to do that stuff, but it would make for a very, very interesting listening experience. That is for sure. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's like. It would be for me comedically similar to if you ever watched the Norm Macdonald show that he had on uh, YouTube or whatever. He did like an interview with Caitlyn Jenner, which was like infamous because he always made fun of Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, and then had Caitlyn Jenner on and then just proceeded to like low key make fun of her without her knowing. And it was just really amazing. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, to get back to Letterboxd, um, yeah. I, I I still need to at some point get my Blu-rays for the Monster Squad and uh, Point Break because both of those are coming out this month and I'm like I need yeah to 4K there's a 4K steelbook from Shout Factory for um uh, Point Break and it looks gorgeous yeah I I'm I'm trying to get that so badly <laughs> like I need that in my collection uh not the 2010s point break because that movie just sucks that movie was just garbage so. yeah anyways uh well until next time when we talk about rare exports bye for now <laughs>